You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Hey all you folks out there in podcast land, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast. I am your host, John Hudspeth. Welcome to today's show, and I am absolutely pumped right now because just about, I don't know, 30 minutes before I was recording, I sat down at my computer, was kind of getting everything going, or everything ready, and my phone rang, and it was a good buddy of mine, and I pick up the phone, and all he says is, hey, you want to go to the NASCAR race this weekend? And that is a, like... A bucket list thing. I've never been to a NASCAR race. I've always wanted to. And uh, it just so happened. I mean, in three seconds, I was able to process that my wife has to work on Sunday. It's this Sunday at Texas Motor Speedway. It's the all-star race. And uh, I was like, yes, yes, I do want to go to the NASCAR race this weekend. And so um, a company had given his company tickets, and he got them. And uh, at first he thought it was just two, it was going to be me and him. Turns out he got four tickets, and so uh, I think a couple more of our buddies are going to come. And so I am absolutely pumped. I've never been to a NASCAR race, like I said. I've always wanted to go. Um, yeah, like I've just, I don't know why, like I don't really follow NASCAR, but it just seems like a fun thing to do and a great atmosphere. And so I am absolutely pumped. And so if you're a huge NASCAR fan out there, I'm sorry that I get to go and you don't. There's probably a whole lot of people that would appreciate this a whole lot more than me, especially with it being the all-star race. But uh, I don't feel too bad because I am absolutely stoked and excited to go to this thing. And so I was kind of like, as I'm recording, I'm kind of like running on extra cylinders because I, yeah, I'm just excited. Um, we do, I, I do have to kind of contain myself. Like it's, it's kind of a business thing, you know, like a, like I said, it's a company that gave him tickets, and so, you know, I can't wear, like, cut-off jeans and a sleeveless shirt and just go wild like I would really like to. Um, you know, I got to kind of, like, 
pre- be presentable and not go crazy and stuff. But I'm really excited. Like I want to get there four hours early. I want to you know walk around and tailgate and do like I want to do all the NASCAR things. Like this may be the only time I ever go. And so, who knows? Maybe I'm going to love it, and I'm going to become a huge NASCAR fan. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. So sorry, that's a long, random, nothing to do with hunting thing. But uh, yeah, you know, it's something I'm excited about, and so I wanted to share it with you guys. So go to the NASCAR race, and I'll be sure to let you guys know uh, next week how that goes. But I am also excited because I finally caught some fish um, last Friday. It. Uh, uh, it was supposed to rain Saturday and Sunday. I was kind of bummed because I was headed out to the ranch, and I haven't really got to fish um, just our farm pond this year, where I've been, you know, done a lot of fishing the last several years, and it's it's overstocked. Like I know that. Like I know we need to take some fish out of there. We haven't really caught any big fish in several years because it has too many fish in it, and so. I've kind of made it my goal this year to, to fish in there quite a bit. We have some other ponds that don't have fish, so I'm just going to catch them out of there, throw them in another pond, see what happens with those. Um, I feel bad, you know, just, like, catching them and throwing them on the ground. But, like, I mean, we probably need to take, like, at least 100 fish out of this thing. So, anyway, I knew it was going to rain Saturday and Sunday, so I was kind of bummed. But uh, about 2 o'clock uh, on Friday, my boss is like, hey, like, we're kind of slow. Why don't you just go home? And so I was like, oh, I'm going, but I'm not going home, and uh, grabbed all my stuff, drove out there, and uh, I actually picked up some minnows on my way out, because I knew it was still going to be pretty muddy, uh, we don't have like a boat or a kayak or anything, and I knew it was going to be muddy, like getting around the bank and stuff, and so I just picked up some minnows, backed my truck up as close as I could, and I had about an hour of daylight when I like when I got out there, kind of got set up and ready to fish, and the bite was on. Like, <laughs> I know it was kind of, I don't know if you call it cheating. I was using minnows. You know, my dad was like, oh, you kid fishing? But, you know, whatever. I was catching fish. That's all that matters. And so uh, I took, I had taken two rods with me. And so I got both of them set up. You know, one kind of went out to the left. One kind of went out to the right. And uh, the left one hit first. So I'm reeling it in. And as I'm reeling that fish in, I see the right bobber go under. And so I'm getting this fish in. Then I go, and I'm too late on the hook set on this one. So I get them both, you know, baited back up. Throw them back out to about the same spot. All of a sudden, the right one goes under. So I set the hook on it. I'm reeling that one in. And then all of a sudden, I look over, and the left bobber's moving. <laughs> and uh, and so, I, oh, man, it was awesome. Like, they were just biting like crazy. I couldn't keep up. Like, I was, I, I lost more fish because I was using the two poles than if I would have just stuck with one pole. And so after a couple got off, I actually did that. I, I just set one pole to the side, was using one pole. I mean, like, if my line was in the water more than, like, a minute it was weird and so i was catching fish also had another cool experience so um one of the one of the poles i was using was like my normal you know i wouldn't say nice but nicer fishing rod and i had braided line on that which i found out was not very good for you know bobber fishing i guess the bass just get it in their mouth more or something but i'd already broke uh one hook off retied it on i'm reeling this fish in and boom hook breaks and i was like golly and so I just throw the pole to the side, grab my other pole that's ready to go, immediately cast it back out into that same spot. About 10 seconds later, I, you know, bobber goes under, set the hook, reel it in, and <laughs> sure enough, I pull that fish up, and he's got another hook with a little inch-long deal of braided line in the top of his mouth. And uh, I re-caught that fish and got my hook back. And so, I don't know, I just thought that was really cool. I've never 
re-caught a fish that, a fish that uh, got away from me like that. And so it was just a grand old time. Like, I know it was like maybe it was kid fishing, but I was having an absolute blast. I ended up, um, I ended up only getting eight on the bank. I say only eight. Like I feel like eight's pretty good. Uh, but I mean, I had, I had two break my lines. Granted, I caught the one back, but still two broke my line. And then I don't know how many I lost when I was trying to do the, the two pole thing. You know, like I, I probably hooked up about double what I landed, you know, I, I was probably in the 15, uh, fish range if I would have landed them all. And so I just really needed that. Like I've been, it's been raining. I haven't been able to get out there. Um, the couple times I've gone out on the boat, it's been like windy. There's super high water. I'm sure most of you are aware of that. Um, I actually took the boat out, uh, on Tuesday, I think. And, uh, I had to go to three different boat ramps before I found one that was even open. And then once I got there, it was like, it was, I think it was, it was one of only two open on the whole lake that I was on. And so there was like a line to get your boat in and I, it was four feet above normal or something like that. And so it's just been tough. And so I just needed this little like confidence booster, just a good old fashioned farm pond, catch some fish. Um, you know, and it was exactly what I thought. Like most of them were around that you know, three quarter to a pound deal. There was one that might've been over a pound, but, uh, that's kind of, that's the sign that you have too many fish. Like when the, when every fish you one if you catch that many, but two, just when every fish you catch is like the exact same size and you never catch any big ones, that probably means you have too many fish. And so again, that was kind of my goal. Uh, again, like I need to take way more out. This is about a, it's about a four acre pond. And so I did some research and like, I don't want y'all to take this to heart because this is just like some quick internet research. I would love to have a fish guy on here and talk about this. Um, but uh, from what I read online, I probably need to take uh, like 50 pounds worth of bass out of this pond for its size. And so that is a lot of fish when you're talking, you know, three quarter to a pound each. And it probably wouldn't hurt to take more than that. Um, so yeah, and, uh, I have caught, I've caught one crappie out of this pond. Uh, that's part of the reason I've been wanting to put my boat in this pond because, uh, it's just where I think the crappie like to be. You just It's just hard to get there from the bank, even though it's a pond. It's like real brushy and stuff, and there's a fence on that side because it's close to the property boundary. Um, and so I know it sounds funny, but, like, I really do want to take my boat up there and put it in. I've put, like, my dad's uh, John boat in before, and you just you catch so many fish for whatever reason. You just catch more fish when you're out on the boat kind of going to the bank to – from the bank towards the center than you do from the center towards the bank. And so anyway, long ramble once again, but I finally caught some fish and that was awesome. So, uh, this weekend, you know, I, uh, my wife works on Sunday again. Uh, we have, I have to help buddy move Saturday morning and then I have a, a buddy's birthday party Saturday evening. My plan was to actually go out to the ranch on Sunday and set my trail cameras out. Um, when I was up there last week and I did grab my text cams, I still had them, uh, where I was turkey hunting and, uh, I pulled them out so I could get some fresh batteries on them and everything, clear the cards. And then I want to go put them out there, uh, cause it's, it's, it's almost white time, white tail time guys. And so very pumped about that. I wanted to get my text cams. I keep calling them text cam. I know. I hope y'all know I'm talking about a cell cam. It sends it to my phone. I don't know why I call it a text cam, but I do. And so, uh, it takes me pictures. Um, but anyway, and so, uh, yeah, Sunday I was going to go out and set my cell cams up, but now I'm going to a NASCAR race. And so that's probably not going to happen. 
And so, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get my cameras out, but if you listen to last week's episode, which if you didn't, you should go listen to it, but uh, I'm not too awful concerned. You know, it's only June. Um, I don't feel like I'm going to, like, learn anything at this point necessarily, uh, but it'd just be fun. You know, I like to watch them grow up or grow their antlers and stuff, and uh, it's it's almost to that point where you can kind of start telling, you know, which deer's which. Um, it's probably a little early for that, but you can at least tell if it's going to be nice at this point. Like, usually by this time, you can tell if they're going to be, like, an 8 or a 10, and, um, and you know, they're kind of getting wide and framey and stuff, and so it's just fun, but... Um, Definitely not important, so I'm not stressing it too much, but uh, I am ready to uh, to get into full whitetail mode. And speaking of whitetail, that's a good transition into today's podcast. Today I talked to Kyle Bridges, and Kyle's from far southwestern Oklahoma, and it worked out great because I've been wanting to talk to, to somebody from that far west region where, you know, it's a lot more arid and dry and, and you know, not an oak tree in sight, completely opposite from, uh, you know, where I hunt and the terrain I hunt, and so... Um, Kyle contacted me and he had an awesome story, a three year quest for a nice big buck. And, um, yeah, it's an awesome story, great story. But then we also just spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the terrain out there, um, the ag, you know, here <laughs> you've got cotton fields instead of the Midwestern soybean fields and stuff like that. And it's just different out there, you know, and, and again, you know, when I started this thing, like a big goal of mine, is just talk about the diversity in this state. And so it was great that Kyle reached out to me because he hunts a completely different type of terrain that I am hunting over in southeastern Oklahoma. And so, yeah, it was a great conversation. Kyle did a great job telling this story. And then, like I said, we just kind of talk about the area. And so I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Kyle is also a Army veteran, and so I want to thank him for his service. And to all the veterans out there, you know, Memorial Day was just a, a few weeks ago, and so I want to thank Kyle for that and thank him for reaching out to me. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Kyle Bridges. Pretty good, John. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. It's a nice, beautiful, hot day. Uh, we were just talking about it before we started uh, recording, and it's it's summer. Summer is here, so and yeah, it's in full swing down here for sure. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> well, Kyle, before we uh, before we really take off, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, who you are, what you do, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself. It's a my name is Kyle Bridges. Uh, Twenty nine years old. I grew up in uh, Central Oklahoma. That's where I first uh, learned how to hunt from my dad, where he started showing me. I just, man, I remember, I think I shot my first deer, killed my first deer when I was six or seven. Oh, wow. Nice and young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, I just, I remember it was just such an incredible feeling. And then it was always just cool to just always be out in the woods early in the morning because you could see so, so many different things. <laughs> but um, like I said, I, I grew up in central Oklahoma. I joined the Army. Out of high school, served five years. I got out in 2015, and I moved down here in southwest Oklahoma to 2017, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, started working on this farm, and that's that's actually how the the story. That's actually how I found the deer, the cattle cattle ranch I was working on. No, no one was hunting it. You know, I, I kind of noticed that, you know, throughout the year that I've worked there, that no one, there was no one anywhere out there hunting. So 
late season of 2000. Oh, was it 17 season is, is uh, when I, I first started asking around. Mm-hmm. Is, anybody, uh, is, is anybody ever hunt out here? <laughs> and now is this place, is it like strictly a cattle ranch or they ranch and farm or? Uh, it's it's, it's mainly just a cattle ranch. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I think uh, I think our head totals around 110, 120 altogether. Gotcha. Nice. Okay. So you're working on this place. You're out of the army, and uh, you notice nobody else is hunting it. So you start asking around, and and I end up getting permission, right? Oh yeah. Nice, nice. And so I, uh, <clears throat> the first time I ever laid eyes on this deer was that. It was in 2018. It was late season. I think it was in January. I shot a doe, and I was gutting her, and I heard I heard something snort and stomp, and I looked up, and it was you know a decent size eight. It might have been a ten. He didn't really give me a quick chance to look. He bolted off, but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to. I definitely should probably maybe invest in a trail camera to see what's actually out here. Nice, and so nice. that uh, that following season, the 2019, mm-hmm. I put two cameras out, and I put a little bit of corn and maybe some rice bran out in front of them, just kind of see who who was on the area. And I had a I had a decent bachelor group of a few eights and a, and, a, and a couple tens, but every time they would be out feeding, he every time he came in, it, they would run off every single time. Mm-hmm. And it would just be him out there eating. And so, I, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I had a real quick question. So you said you're in southwestern Oklahoma. Uh, what's the hog situation out, uh, out there? Because, like, where I am, uh, you know, I do, you know, sometimes go and pour a bag of corn on the ground and put a camera up over it. But a lot of times the hogs move in and take over that site, you know, especially if you just pour it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, do you have a bunch of hogs where you're at, or is that not as big of a problem out there? Oh, no, we definitely have a lot of hogs, and I've, I've mm-hmm. got plenty of them on trail cameras. But, mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time, <clears throat> the hogs would move in. and they... Yeah, they would, they would definitely eat the corn, but I noticed they wouldn't really mess with the rice bran at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there gotcha. was corn on the ground, they would just eat that, and then they would move on. Gotcha, gotcha. But, Okay. But the thing is, they, I mean, you know, their their range is so big that mm-hmm. they might not come to that site for a while. So mm. if you check if you check it, because usually I'll roll by and kind of look at the bait the next day, see if hogs have been through. And if they have, mm-hmm. I'll usually throw it down, and then hopefully I won't see them for a couple of days, and I'll give the deer the time to come in there, and I can actually get pictures of them. Gotcha. The hogs, gotcha. Are, the hogs are pretty bad. Okay. Sorry, to, uh, that was a very big distraction, but I was just curious. <laughs> so, oh, you're fine. So, uh, yeah, but so we've actually, we actually have the uh, the state the mm. uh, the the, uh, the helicopter that um, guns mm-hmm. them out of the air. Mm-hmm. They've actually been down here before, uh, mm. at least two times that I, I I've seen them at least twice, and both times mm-hmm. they've killed I think forty, at mm. least forty each time they they come down there. Yeah. They're, gotcha. They're ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Sorry for that derailment. So you put some bait out. You had a bachelor group come in, and then uh, then your big boy came, would come in after the bachelor group, right? 
yeah, yeah. He'd he'd run him off and he'd he'd stay a little bit and and I got him kind of on the I had the camera set up um on the north end of the the ranch kind of butts up to the, the North Fork, uh Red River. Mm-hmm. And so that's kinda of on the northeast side is where I had this camera. And I got him there not really it, it was never in the middle of the day. It would either be really close to morning or be really close, like right after, you know, sunset. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see him all that year. Me and my dad hunted opening day of rifle season. We sat together and we, we believe we saw him, mm. but, it, but this, we really, and this is 2019 again, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. 2019 rifle season. Gotcha. And, uh, but we never, I mean, you know, he was running, it was during the rut. I mean, he was running mm-hmm. the, just a glance at him. And so didn't see him for the rest of the season. So fast forward to 2020 season. Um, I put a, uh, I put another, I put, I, I moved cameras because I would only get him there and I, I never saw him. So I was like, well, maybe he's not in that area. Maybe he's just passing through. So I moved it up by a cabin, which is maybe about a quarter mile to the southwest of where it was. But it was, but it's up on top of the hill before you go down to the bottom. Mm. And I got him there again, really close to early morning, or really close to right after after dark. It's like, man, where is he going? But I would only get him until like October, and then he would just disappear from the area. And so I figured, I figured he, his his range was moving, or he he was going to a different area. Mm-hmm. And something just reminded me um, that I remember I remember uh, that first doe I shot. I was like, man, I I need to put a camera over there. I, I never put a camera over there. And it was about a week after I put it up, I got him uh, walking through at like eleven o'clock in the morning. And now we're we're in 2020 now, right? This yeah. is the year you killed him. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So more than likely, you probably had the camera originally at more of his summer pattern, mm-hmm. and then now you're probably into his fall pattern. Yes. Gotcha. Sweet. Okay. And so I was like, awesome, cool. Middle of the day. It's 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 it's. I want to say it's. It might have been. It was a little bit before muzzle season here in Oklahoma, so maybe mm-hmm. a little bit after mid-October. Yeah, so probably like the last, like maybe the third week of October or something like that. Yeah, because I hunted there during muzzle season thinking maybe he would come out, and I never mm-hmm. saw him. But I noticed he had, he had started to, or somebody had, one of the, a deer had started to rub in the area. And it was mm-hmm. on a, it was on a decent tree, I mean a decent I mean, it wasn't a sapling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm, I didn't pay any attention to it, and so I kind of let the area die down after I, because I only hunted them maybe a couple times, because I thought I was pretty busy here at the farm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, uh, I, ne- I never got another picture, so eventually I just took the camera out, and I was like, well, I'll just, I'll post up here and, and not have to worry about going to check the camera, so I don't have to disturb it. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, 
I sat up underneath that, that same cedar tree. It was uh, November 13th. Friday the 13th. I remember that. It was... hmm. I got there and early. You're s- mm-hmm. And you're sitting on the ground? Yeah. I'm in a, I'm underneath a big cedar tree. I, I cut a few limbs and nestled underneath mm-hmm. it. Nice. And it was, it was, it was, it was a little bit of a chilly morning. I remember that. And I remember when I first got there, I mean, I heard something running off, you know, somewhere. And then I remember seeing a bigger body deer, like 30, 40 yards out, like in the moonlight, like you couldn't tell what it was, but you could tell it wasn't a bush. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I wonder what that is, man. I wish I could tell what that is. And so when it got light, um, you know, there was, there was bucks chasing does left and right, does coming behind me. And one, one came out right next to the, the cedar tree I was in. And she, I think she just got a little bit too close and I think she saw me move. Mm. And, um, she, she ran about 10 yards and turned around and stopped and, you know, acted like she was going to start raising a fit. Um, I shot, I ended up shooting her. Um, she made it about 20 yards and piled up in, in the cedar tree. I let mm-hmm. it quiet down for a few minutes. And then I went over there, took care of her, <clears throat> drug her off over by me underneath this, this big cedar tree because it was pretty cool still that day. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll sit here a little bit longer. And that was maybe at maybe 11 or so. Mm-hmm. And all throughout the day, I mean, every now and then you'd see a, a doe come through or a buck, a smaller buck usually, a younger dude, just kind of checking the area. And then it was getting, it was getting to be about five. So you've been sitting there all day, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sitting there all day. Mm. On the ground next to a cedar tree. Man, that's some dedication. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love, Did... I love sitting in cedar trees or like, I, <laughs> I love finding big cedar trees and making them into a blind. Yeah, I've definitely done that before, but I can honestly say I've never done it all day. Do you bring do you bring like a stool or a chair? Do you sit on the ground or Yeah, I've got a I've got a little folding little chair stool thing that sometimes I'll gotcha. sit in it or when I get tired I'll move it down, I'll kinda of use it as a rest and mm. it just depends. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Alright, so it's, I'm, uh, not, I'm, I'm not November? usually I'm not usually an all day sitter, but I will if, mm-hmm. if if the conditions are right. I've I've been known to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I almost hate to admit this. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've never actually done a all day sit, and uh, this last year I was actually planning to. Um, I was going to do it. I think on Halloween. I think Halloween was a Saturday this last year. Yeah. Um, cool. but a a front came in, and so the wind switched halfway through the day. Uh, and so like, I just, it didn't work out for, you know, any of my stands cause the wind did 180 degree flip. So I hunted most of the day, but I still, you know, I got down, ate some lunch and then went and got in different stands. So, so that is on my list. Like I do just, just to experience it more than anything, kind of say I did, I do plan to sit all day, one day this coming year. But anyway, sorry, that was a rabbit trail. Definitely take it during the rut. That's, yeah. Oh yeah. That's the coolest time to sit in the woods all day long and i love it because you you will see so much stuff that you will never think you ever see mm-hmm. okay. all right so it's november you're sitting on the ground you already got a doe and uh you've seen some more activity 
You said it's about five o'clock. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, it was about it was about five. Is you know it's it, it's getting late in the day. I'm like, man, I was like, I'm really hoping he would show, especially with all the activity that had been going on in the area. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I haven't seen any like really really mature deer, and I know they're in the area because I've I've gotten plenty of pictures of them. And so it, it's getting a little bit later, and then the doe pops out about 60 yards away and kind of starts feeding my way. And she's heading over to where kind of kind of where the timber meets where this rub is, and it gets open again. And then about 40 yards in behind her, I see another deer pop out. I mean, you can kind of tell him, like, okay, that's not a doe. Mm-hmm. And then he, he got a little bit closer. I'm like, okay, that's, a, that's definitely a, a nice deer. He got a little bit closer. I'm like, okay, that's definitely a shooter deer. Okay, you better get your stuff ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I, he got a little bit closer, and I, I looked through the scope, and I saw I saw that one point on it be his left side. It kind of crooks back in. And I was like, oh, man, it's him. <laughs> I was like, okay, just don't screw this up. <laughs> this is probably this is probably the one chance you got. And it's... Mm-hmm. And man, he was taking like the slowest route possible to cover maybe I wanted him to be inside fifty yards. I felt pretty comfortable with my crossbow at fifty if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And so I had an opening at forty, which she came through and I was like, Man, he's probably gonna take that opening. And so man and it got it started getting, you know, started creeping up on that time where shooting like so I was like, All right man, he just needs to take like five more steps. I've got like 10 minutes. I'm like, dude, you need to take five more steps. <laughs> five. I mean, I can see, I can see his head, his rack and his neck all the way up into his shoulder and everything else is blocked. I'm like, take another step. <laughs> I was like, it's fi- It's like 10 minutes, man. Like that's mm-hmm. all I need. Like just five more steps. And finally he took one step because the dough started moving out mm-hmm. and, and I shot and I, I, you know, I heard a pretty, pretty loud thwack and I I use a Luminox, so I kind of, I, I saw where it went, and the shot looked pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. But then he ran off, and then I didn't hear him crash, which is kind of understandable because the area he ran off to is there's a bunch of like sagebrush, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not going to make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. But about about I say maybe ten fifteen seconds after he ran off, I heard him. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was him now, but I heard a noise. It was like a moaning noise, mm. but it was more mm-hmm. like it wasn't. It was almost like a grunt, but it was like deeper than that. Hmm. And I, I'd never heard that before. And so I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, I don't really know what to do." I was like, "I'll just," I was like, "I'll go find, I'll go find the bolt. You know, I'll, I'll mark the location, and I'll come back in the morning." Mm-hmm. I was like, it, "It'll be, it'll be cool enough tonight." Mm-hmm. So I went and got the dough, took care of it, um, went back the next morning, went to where the shot, went to where he was at when the shot, and I couldn't, I don't, I don't see blood very well. Mm-hmm. I see it okay if it's, I, if it's I got decent, the same if struggle. <laughs> if it's decent drops of it, and it's a few mm-hmm. of them together, I can see it, but if it's like a drop here and there, I struggle with it bad. Yeah, same here, man. I'm I'm decently colorblind, and red and green are two that I struggle with. And so when you got red blood on green vegetation, uh, yeah, I struggle. The 
I, I don't know if you listened. I told the story of my my deer hunts. Uh, you know, several. Uh, it was like my third or fourth podcast, and I, the only reason I found my second deer was because it was it got down to like twenty degrees and the frost set in, and the frost basically made that blood like shine, and that's how I found that deer. Hey Amen. Whatever works. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So, but I'm just glad my dad like taught me how to like read sign in case something like that happens mm-hmm. where you, you don't get a lot of blood you can at least be like okay well you can see heavier tracks mm-hmm. and it, heavier tracks and it's a deer that's usually it was either running or it's or it's heavy footed like it's not working right mm. and so i was like well i'll start there and i kind of went the direction he went and i went a little bit wider than than he took it which took me around a, a clump of trees and man, I just, I remember seeing like part of his rack sticking up. I was like, oh my God, no way, it's him. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I I, uh, I called my girlfriend. I was like, babe, I was like, I got him. She's like, which one? I was like, I was like, the one. <laughs> awesome. Nice. So how far did he end up going? Uh, I think I traced it. He went about 80 yards. Okay. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah. It went, it went in a little. It went in behind his shoulder, but the way he was angled, it, it came mm. out a little far back. Gotcha, gotcha. So more than likely, probably a double lung. Uh, yeah. You know, at least one lung, double lung, probably. Yeah, I, I, I double lunged him, but yeah, like I said, it just it just came out a little far back. But yeah, it just I don't know why it didn't bleed. Hmm. It just didn't bleed very well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, cool. So you got him three years, three yeah. years after the steer. That's awesome. Well, sweet man. Well, I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit about the area you're in because we haven't really had any guests on from kind of that far, you know, real far west. Um, like earlier, you talked about uh, I think you I can't remember if you said the word timber or woods or something, but you know, you're you're not talking like big oak trees, are you? Um, those are very, very, very few and far between. Um, right. Most of the big timber I have is you, you'll find some cottonwood that you can maybe throw mm-hmm. sand in. Mm-hmm. But most of the stuff, I mean, you're either going to be on a, in a ground blind, in a big cedar like I do, which honestly, I just I think that's the best option. Or if you can, if you can find a tree, you can you can put a stand in. I think I have one stand up that I don't even think I hunted out of it last year. Mm. I didn't have it in the right spot, and I knew it about halfway through the season. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. But well, that's smart of you to, to realize it wasn't in the right spot. Yeah. I should have moved it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Uh, but uh, most of the stuff we have, um, we have a bunch of, uh, like, sand plum thickets, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of prickly pear cactus, a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I don't, I don't know if they're hedge apples. I don't think they're hedge apples. Those giant green things that I don't think anything eats mm, except after uh, the frost. Like, uh, I like with the little dots on them. We call those horse apples, I think. Is that what yeah, you're about? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But yeah. A bunch of those, In, those, those things, those, those trees have honestly actually been pretty lucky for me. If, if I think mm. about some of the deer encounters I've had with some mature deer, it's mm-hmm. usually by those trees. Gotcha. Interesting. And then what about like, uh, what about just like native grasses? Is it more like sage or do y'all have some like, you know, big blue stem type stuff? Um, 
we we definitely have a bunch of sage. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have a decent amount of natural grass, but it's not. I mean, it gets pretty choked out by sage and mesquite. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, what about ag? Um, most of it is usually cotton during the summer mm-hmm. and fall. And then, mm-hmm. you know, after the cotton cotton harvest, they'll usually throw winter wheat down as a cover crop. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So definitely not a uh, corn soybean rotation like you hear about in the Midwest. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I, and uh, I don't. I don't plant any food plots on them out there either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really even bait, I, except in, before season. I might throw some like some corn and rice right out there, just kind of see what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it'd be really tough to get a food plot out there just because of lack of rainfall. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've I've heard a lot of mixed things about cotton. Um, I've never heard great things about cotton and wildlife. Um, I know there's some people that say it's decent, um, but I don't, I don't know. I've never seen a deer out there, you know, eating cotton, so <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. And, and wheat is great. It's obviously a great attractant. Um, you know, it, it can help some deer get through the winter, but... Um, you know, a lot of times by the time it's coming up and the deer are eating it, a lot of times it's either too late in deer season, you know, kind of later in the year, or, you know, it's, it's really hard to hunt a, you know, 200 acre wheat field, especially, you know, with archery equipment. So, <laughs> yeah, there you know why. Gotcha. So is most of your hunting, is it, you know, kind of still hunting or, you know, sitting or do you ever try to get out there and like spot and stalk? Like, is it open enough for that? Um, for the most part, when I'm, when I, when I'm crossbow hunting, it's mainly just still hunting or sitting, Mm -hmm. sitting down. Mm -hmm. I might, I might move once or twice, just depending on like how I'm feeling about the stand. Like if I haven't seen any movement, like, man, Mm -hmm. this, this spot's really not that active. I might, at least I might go try another spot. Mm-hmm. midday or so mm-hmm. um but during during muzzle season or rifle season yeah you can you can get out and walk it's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of open land but if if you keep in if you keep your head on a swivel you can you can do pretty well walking around yeah gotcha gotcha you pretty well. uh I had a question in my mind and it went right back out. I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> what about uh, what about terrain? Like, is it fairly flat? Is it kind of rolling? Um, down down below the hill, um, down below the hill, it's it's fairly flat. Um, there's a few high spots, but it's mainly flat up on top of the hill. It, um, it's it it just varies a lot. Sometimes you'll mm-hmm. get a big bowl area. Other times there won't be very much elevation change. And then the next hill, it'll be, you know, a giant, you know, creek gully on one side and, you know, a high mm-hmm. bank on another side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, all I can say is to get it done out there on the ground with no feeder, like, that is a feat. <laughs> that is that is a challenge for sure. Um, do you – and, and – I don't do you I hope you don't mind I ask this like is there a reason you don't use a feeder is it just the expense or do you not feel like you need it or I mean you obviously have some pretty good you know woodsmanship skills like you were talking about you know being able to read read the sign and track deer and stuff or um 
do you think you would overhunt a feeder or uh, I guess just what's your thought process with that? I mean, I, I don't hate them. I just, man, it's just a lot of work. And I, I mean, yeah. That's a lot of work to have them chug the feed back to the feeder and then you got to worry about mm-hmm. sink control going in there. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just, I'm so thankful my dad taught me how to read deer sign. And yeah. Gave me the skills to be able to, because before I found this, I was on public land, mm-hmm. and that was fun. Yeah, that is fun because a mm-hmm. lot of people do not take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. and you can you can you can find some decent little little spots mm-hmm. without even looking hard. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nice. Yeah. If 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 I ever if I ever lost this, I would I would gladly go back to public land. Not a lot of people say that. That's cool, man. Oh, it's fun. It's cool. It's fun it's mm-hmm. because it's it's always something different. Yeah, yep. Because I've been dipping my toes into it, especially sorry, because, like um, when I did hunt public, I didn't really do trail cameras. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not going to worry about someone stealing it. Yeah, like I said, and especially because I would do natural ground blinds. People would have no idea that like you're even. No, no, no one's going to know like th- this is where I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm not putting a, a stand up, I'm not putting, you know, something to signify that hey, something's someone's hunting in here. Oh, why are they hunting in here? Mm-hmm. Gotta be a little stealthy about it. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been dipping my toes into the public land stuff the last probably two years, and uh, gone out there you know several times. But for me, it's hard because I I just I'm lucky. You know, my family's in ranching and stuff. We got a decent amount of ground, and you know when I. I'm getting trail camera pictures of some pretty decent deer on private that only I have access to. It's it's hard to, you know, force hey, myself to go to public, so that's why I haven't done it yet. Exactly. Yeah. So uh that's cool, man. And that's really cool. Well, um uh, any other uh tips or tactics for uh the southwest region of Oklahoma you got for some for our listeners? Man, during scouting, if we find the poop Hunt it. <laughs> I like that. Simple hey, and sweet, man. Simple and sweet. If if they're spending time enough there to poop, they're spending mm-hmm. enough time there that you need to hunt there. Or I at like least it. in that general area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's, that or find, that's or at least find where the does are at. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. Well, Kyle, oh, real quick, before I close it out, I, I forgot to ask you, can you describe your buck a little bit? Oh, yeah, he's a, uh, he's a mainframe, oh, 11 with a couple, he's got a split brow on his, on his right side, and he's got a little bit of a kicker coming off his G2, and then on his, on his left side, he has a, Kicker coming off the back of his base, and then, like I said, he's 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 got four coming out, and then he's got that one point that crooks back in really mm. off than the others do. Hmm. He's pretty cool. He's pretty pretty nice. unique. Yeah, yeah. Man, I shot a nice big buck like that in twenty. What year would that have been? I think twenty seventeen. Oh, cool. and uh, I remember. Uh, you know, I sent it pictures to a bunch of my buddies and stuff, and they kept being like, "Oh, you know, once a lifetime buck, once a lifetime buck." And I remember telling them, "Boy, I sure hope not. Like, I want to get another <laughs> one of these suckers." <laughs> right. And so, I, I uh, 
Yeah, my dad he got a he got a pretty decent one in uh, 2017 too. Mm-hmm. I think it ended up scoring about 150. He's got a it's a mainframe eight, but he's got one point on his. Uh, oh, I think it's on his left side, maybe. Mm-hmm. That uh, it comes out and it crooks back like candy canes back almost. Mm. That's awesome. Pretty pretty That's cool awesome. looking deer. Nice. Well, like I said, congratulations on your buck, and uh, yeah, I hope it's not a once in a lifetime because I hope you get a bunch more just like him. Man, there's a couple of them out there that I saw during rifle season. I was like, man, I wish I had another tag. <laughs> oh man, yeah. wake up! He's coming your way. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. Well, Kyle, I really appreciate you coming on. I love hearing uh, you know your story and stories from other listeners and stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on here. Oh man, like I said, I enjoy the podcast, man. It's good. I appreciate that. Thank you very appreciate much. Appreciate you having me. Yep. All right, man. I appreciate it. See you later. Bye, right, man. Take care. And that's a wrap. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Kyle for coming on. I hope you guys are ready for summer because it is here. It's getting warm. The rain finally shut off, which I was very ready for that. But uh, there was no like easing into the heat this year. It was just rain, rain, rain. And now it's hot. So I hope you guys are ready for the heat. It's going to be, uh, I think it was 92 today. We're looking at like 95 over the weekend. And uh, it's still pretty humid down here. So I hope it's less humid where you guys are, wherever you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, hope you guys are enjoying your summer. Get out there on the lake. Uh, get out there and do something to help yourself for this upcoming hunting season. Whatever, whatever that might be, just find something to do. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know next week whether I'm an officially a NASCAR fan or not. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be a good time. So, so yeah, not doing uh, too much outdoorsy stuff this weekend, but I am going to be at a NASCAR race. And so I feel like that's a fairly good trade-off. Um, I'm also getting really pumped up for college football and, uh, yeah, this is definitely not a football podcast, but it easily could be. I've been getting really into college football the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's a team in this state that's like going to be sort of kind of good this year. That's not my team in particular, but I have a feeling a lot of you listening to this, uh, you know, might be a fan of that team. So that's for another day. I'm going to go ahead and shut this one down. Again, guys, I really, uh, you know, I want to thank you guys for listening to me. Please, please, please hit me up on social media. Reach out to me. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And until next week, get out there, have some fun, and enjoy the great state of Oklahoma. See you guys next week.